Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the business of cannabis. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe and Lewis Goldberg talk with the CEOs, politicians, and cultural icons driving the cannabis industry forward. This week, Lewis and Ann are speaking with Ricky Lake. Yes, the Ricky Lake of daytime talk show and the movie Hairspray fame and Abby Epstein, a director and producer of documentary films. Ricky and Abby talked with Ann and Lewis about their documentary Weed the People, which came out in March of this year. Their film is great and is guaranteed to tug at your heartstrings. If you haven't yet seen it yet, you should. Weed the People has scheduled showings coming up all over the country, which you can find over at WeedThePeopleMovie.com. Don't sit back, lean forward. And now, on to our interview with Ricky Lake and Abby Epstein. So, Ricky and Abby, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, Before we get into the film, which we definitely want to dig into, can you tell us a little bit about your personal cannabis journeys? What was your relationship like with the plant before making Weed the People? I was your, this is me, Ricky. I was your token, ugh, you know, it's it's (laughs) just say no. Everyone's a stoner, lazy, pothead. Like, I just was so judgmental and so uninformed or misinformed. Um, I've come full circle, and um, I think I have my my beloved ex, or not ex, my, my husband who passed away, uh, Christian Evans, to thank for really opening my eyes up to this plant and also taking me on this journey, which ended up being this film. And Abby? Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I was extremely cannabis naive to, I would say, a more negative point of view. I always, always had, like, terrible experiences and high school or college or whenever I would, you know, try it or get high with friends, it was always like a dark ride. It was never, never fun. (laughs) It was never fun. It wasn't the weed. It was the friends. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. So Weed the People is a pretty heart-wrenching film. You don't, you guys do a really great job of not sparing the audience um, really anything. Can you talk about the process of making this and, and how did you find the families and how did you find the doctors? I have to imagine that was a full-time job in and of itself. Well, it's sort yeah. of the, the characters kind of came to us in a weird way. What do you, why, why, why are you laughing? Why are I'm you so laughing? cute. I love how you're <laughs> in today. Uh, I love it. I don't know. Blame, blame it on the CBD. Um, <laughs> No, I, I, we, the movie started because of my husband's own kind of mission to try to heal himself. He was struggling with many, many ailments from, you know, chronic pain from a car accident, migraines, anxiety, sleep issues. I mean, you name it. He, he suffered from a lot of it and he found cannabis to be super helpful. And at the same time, he was doing all this research to look into CBD. You know, this is it back in 2012. And at the same time, a little girl came into my life via social media and Dancing with the Stars. I was on that show with Derek Huff, and this little girl was going through chemotherapy, and she would watch my dance videos uh, while she was getting her treatment. And the mom, you know, found me on Twitter, and I, I, for some weird reason I can't explain, I just got really close to this family. They lived in an illegal state, and my husband, Christian, and I moved them into our home and went on this six-week journey of trying to find integrative care for her because the, the, the chemotherapy was killing her. She was six, and she was like 20-something pounds. It was crazy. So I tell Abby, you know, Abby's my partner from all the documentary, The Business Being Born and the work we do, 
And I told her, I was like, you're not going to believe this. I have this like family, this people, people I don't know living with me and I'm chartering a jet and we're going to Mendocino to be the cannabis doctor for this little girl. She's like, wait a minute. I think that's our movie. I think that's our next, our next movie. And, and that's the journey that that's how it started. And then, you know, next thing you know, my husband was going to the Cannabis Cup in San Bernardino and met Mara Gordon through Mike Hyde. And then we, oh, this, this little patient and this, and it just kind of was very organic. Very, very like, like, honestly, it was really one of those stories where it's like, we were not looking to make a, a film about medical cannabis or kids with cancer. Like this wasn't in our wheelhouse. We're actually on in production on a totally different film about birth control. Um, that's, you know, going to be our coming out soon. So it really was just something that uh, like kind of came into, you know, Ricky's life and, we started filming and, and it was very scary, I have to say, because we were kind of shooting blind. You know, we, we didn't have a map for this film. We weren't like, oh, wow, we've seen all the ways that cannabis can really, you know, fight cancer. And now we're going to like, you know, lay out the proof for this in like five steps. And we had no idea. I mean, to be honest with you, all the children in the film could have become sicker and it wouldn't, might not have worked for any of them. I mean, we really went into this on sort of like gut instinct and being very impressed by the science, um, you know, and making it a point to go to Israel and meet all the top, you know, scientists and biologists. You guys met Raphael Meshulam. How cool is that? We hung with Ross. Yeah, we did. <laughs> so, so you, you, you brought a good point because, you know, a lot of people ascribe these miraculous qualities to cannabis and, you know, they say CBD can cure anything. And if it's not CBD, it's CBN. And you, you do a good job in the film of straddling the line between like breathless advocacy and science, but you saw these kids. So how hard was it for you to not just go on full on like snake oil salesman and and really kind of keep the the science behind what you were doing with our film and these kids i mean they were on whole plant they're not on just cbd they're on thc as well you know right. is we need the what's it called the entourage effect yeah. in order to treat the symptoms and also you know shrink these tumors mm -hmm. um it was it was scary you know for mm -hmm. abby i mean not knowing what the scans were gonna say you know mm -hmm. it's it's like you you really, you really didn't know what the outcomes were going to be, you know? No, you didn't. Well, and the kids were, I mean, once you're in this world, it's a very small world, you know? It's, it almost felt in the beginning like this kind of underground, breaking bad, you know, environment where one child would be using it and the parents would tell another parents or the, you know, like the doctors weren't sharing this information. So it was like, very underground and we would sort of hear about these different families you know through the cannabis oil makers or through some of the doctors that were involved um and so they all all the stories just kind of led to each other in this very organic way and you guys did this over the course of of a couple of years right Six. Six years. Okay. So how can you report how the families are doing and how have they received the film? Yeah, they're all coming to the premiere tonight. Yeah. Oh, wow. my God. That's amazing. And two yeah. of the families I have yet to meet. So, in um, person. Yeah, right. in person. I have not met them. So I'm. Right. it's going to be pretty emotional tonight. I'm really, really. Wear waterproof mascara. Yes. It's going to be very <laughs> 
special. And that is one of the things that we added also, like we had done an early test screening of the film last year before we even premiered at South by. And like some of the feedback that we got from the audience was like, we want to know like how the kids are doing now, you know? So we did add a shoot, a little follow-up shoot that we shot with everybody um, at the end of last year. So, you know, that there's little, little updates at the end of the film too. So, so the, the families that you, you followed, some of them were immediately like, yeah, I'm all in on trying cannabis and others were a little more resident reticent. Um, I'm almost 50 and, and grew up in the era of just say no from Nancy Reagan. And I think I see a lot of people who, who are my age or a little bit older who are really reticent. How hard is it? How hard do you think it is to convince, you know, people who grew up in that era to try to try cannabis as as true medicine as opposed to just going out and getting high oh i i think it's shockingly hard and i can't tell you in a way like it's it's really sad you know because i know a lot of like people my age who's like parents are suffering for years and years with cancer and other ailments and like they can't even get them to try it and they're just, you know, either they're religious or they're like, oh, I've never broken the law in my life. I'm not going to start breaking the law now. You know, it's 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 sad, I think, you know, that that stigma, which is such an unfair stigma, you know, keeps keeps people away from this medicine. But I do think like, you know, I, I think the cat's going to be coming out of the bag. I think that. People are still reticent. The people who are using this and are getting benefit from it are afraid, you know, to stand up and, and, and put their face as the face of the person using medical cannabis. But I think that's changing. I really uh, do. Do you think, Abby, that that stigma um, extends to the doctors? I mean, you, you interviewed some rock star doctors here, but, you know, I have to imagine that the U.S. pediatric oncologists in general um, are, are probably a little bit reticent about this. What was it like trying to, to find them and, and talk with them and get them to, to have their faces, um, you know, really as the face of this as well? Yes. We both said yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Abby and- would go in and shoot these kids in the hospital, like whether it's Kaiser or, you know, these other hospitals and we'd get in the door, do one interview, and then they'd get wind that it's about cannabis and they would shut the door on us and not let us back in. And that's what was really depressing is that some of the oncologists in the film were so incredibly impressed by the results they were seeing in these kids. And they were actually getting more education about it. And they actually wanted to talk on camera, you know, to us about what they were seeing and they weren't allowed to by the hospital. So really? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's tremendous fear. I mean, first of all, there's the federal funding issue. Well, and, and dosing, how do you, I mean, look, you know, the, the, the people you showed making the oil, it didn't, realistically, it doesn't look like it's, you can tell exactly what a five milli, a milligram dose is or a 10 milligram dose is. It, it, it's really hard to do that in the home. So, you know, I can imagine that an oncologist is going, I know exactly how much of this drug I'm giving. I don't know what the interactions are. It's it, They got to be scared. Uh, absolutely. And I think that's why a lot of them are like kind of having this 
I don't want to say don't ask, don't tell policy, but like I know a lot of cancer patients who are doing really well with this protocol of cannabis and chemo and the oncologists are just like, okay, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. This is incredible. But you know, they can't really wholeheartedly recommend it. They can't really recommend it to their other patients. So that's why I think it's become this kind of grassroots, like word of mouth movement, you know, where it's like patients are not really going to wait on that. You know, they're not going to wait 17 years for this to go through all the rounds of like trials. I mean, this is something that has such an incredible like anecdotal reportage and it has such a amazing safety profile, this plant that, you know, people aren't going to wait. But, but I think right now, you know, it's like, this is kind of why people need to see this film, talk about this with their physicians. You know, we're trying to show this film in more hospitals and clinical settings. We had a lot of doctors come to the screenings in New York this past weekend. And they are all recommending other colleagues, you know, oh, I want my colleague to see this, you know, because I think once all the pieces are laid in front of you, it, it's not that this film makes some like open and shut case, you know, like, oh yes, a hundred percent, you know, cannabis heals cancer. No, not at all. But I think all the cards that it lays out, you know, points to the fact that it's quite criminal that we're not exploring this seriously, you know, amongst all the tools that we have against cancer. Well, and and in terms of the cancer itself, there's, you know, a, a, a lot of pa- a lot of patients are are being kind of driven to use opioids uh, because they're they're in such pain and they're um, you know they're looking to cannabis as an exit drug from opioids. So so beyond the the cancer or the the tumor shrinking um, potential properties, can you talk about how cannabis could could be seen as an exit drug from opioids? We actually show that in the film. There's a scene in the film where one of the children who was undergoing like surgery and chemo and he was in terrible shape. And the father describes how he would wake up at 530 in the morning screaming for pain meds. He would take like six Oxycontin a day, six Norco a day, Tylenol, code, you know, whatever they could do to bridge the pain gap between the opiate doses. They started giving him, again, tiny amount, like sesame seed drop of the concentrated um, cannabis extracts. Within three days, this kid was down to one Oxycontin. One. The whole day. Wow. He was off all of his pain medication in three days. And we've heard this story over and over and over. So, you know, yes, I mean, this is something that can not only help people use less in, of, you know, addictive narcotic substances, but can also wean them off. And we have another mother in the film who talks about how she had to wean her son off methadone because her son was in the hospital for chemo and they had to give him, you know, so many opiates to control the pain that he was addicted to opiates. Then they had to give him methadone, which is even harder to get off than the opiates. And she would wean him off with cannabis oil. She would titrate the cannabis oil up and titrate the methadone down. And she had gotten him off opiates addiction many, many, many times. 
Can we just talk so, about how insane that it's the mom that has to do this? Yeah. The, uh, and, and, not, and not the doctors and not, like she has to be responsible for this because no one else is doing it. They're the, uh, what do they call the momcologists? It's, it's just bonkers. Sorry, I, there's no question there. That's just me saying it's bonkers. <laughs> Well, look, I'm, I have to tell you, watch it, the, it was really hard for me to watch this film because I am a dad and watching these kids, it was heart wrenching. Uh, I mean, it was great that they were getting better. And, and but but to see any child suffer like that, really, it's very difficult for me. So was that the hardest part of making the film or what was the hardest part of the whole process for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's very difficult to, you know, First of all, when you're documenting a person's life, it's it's a hard thing to, to do because you're trying to like drop in on their story and like, it's not like these people are reality show stars. So they're not calling you up like, ooh, tomorrow we've got something great happening. You should bring the camera crew, you know? Right, it's the worst moments of their life. Right, and so it's that, that I think was so difficult to sort of feel like we were adding a level of intrusion you know, because sometimes they would get bad news and, you know, we would need to kind of capture that as well. And that was very, that was very, very difficult to, to navigate. And, um, and sometimes you couldn't really maintain that line between like filmmaker and subject, you know, sometimes you really couldn't like, there's the family in the film, the Petersons, you know, who are coming from Illinois and trying to, you know, establish residency in California and try this medicine. And, and that was something that the filmmaking team, you know, me particularly, I had to help them do that. You know, like I had to hold their hand and walk them through the process uh, of yeah. how to get legal access in, in California. You know, so in some cases we were helping them. Yeah. But um, it was also very a very delicate tightrope, you know, to be able to walk in and out of their lives. And this is not a, a mainstream film, um, and it, it's amazing, but we're not talking like the Avengers budget here. Um, <laughs> how, so how are you guys um, building the audience for it, and how are you, how can people find it? So right now, yeah, we are um, releasing in theaters, so we can pretty much, it's very easy actually to set up screenings of this film, community screenings, theatrical screenings non-theatrical screenings. We are opening right now in about 30 markets. Um, it's just that some of the cities we're opening in are like one night only. So you really have to check our website on weedthepeoplemovie.com and look and see. Wait, can you say that again, please? Yeah. Check our, it's weedthepeoplemovie.com. We'll have a link to it in our show notes. Yeah, weedthepeoplemovie.com. So if you go there and click on screenings, you know, you can see, but like, you know, we might have one night in Seattle, one night in Philadelphia. Um, so you can catch it in the movie theater. We're also kind of building this big grassroots movement. We have a company called Tug that's helping us bring this to campuses and communities. Um, so you can host it and bring it to your local movie theater if it's not scheduled to roll out in your city. You can also host um, an online screening. So if you're a company or a group, you know, you can host a digital screening through our website where people can actually like watch the film and chat about it during the film. And then we'll have like a Q&A after. So that's really how we're rolling it out. And then, you know, early in the year, 
it'll be hitting iTunes. And then later in the spring on 420, it'll be hitting Netflix. So we always end our interviews with a segment called While You Were Sleeping. And, and really, this is the opportunity for you guys to, to tell us what everybody is missing. You know, your film is all about the medical benefits of cannabis and the, 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 just the crazy legal and regulatory framework where we have to operate in. But aside from what you talk about in the film, is there one thing that you think is most misunderstood about the plant? What should we all be paying attention to or, or what should reporters be reporting on? I think the most like, well, it's hard to pick like one most misunderstood thing, but I mean, the most misunderstood thing is that people still think this is an addictive drug of abuse. And the most important thing to really understand is that the psycho the psychoactive properties of cannabis are really, you know, not the not what we should be talking about, focusing on, looking on. Yes, cannabis has THC in it. Yes, THC can cause some psychoactivity, but there are hundreds of other cannabinoids in the plant, and it is entirely possible to use this medicine effectively without ever smoking anything and without ever getting stoned and without ever feeling high. So it is preposterous that people are popping Xanax and Valium and OxyContin and all of this stuff getting unbelievably, let's just say it, high off of these, you know, totally legal prescription medications that are highly addictive and wrecking people's lives and then vilifying cannabis because, you know, there's this one element in it that, you know, can give some kind of a euphoric or psychoactive effect, you know, God forbid. I mean, this is a very, very complex plant with so many healing properties that most scientists say if it were discovered in the Amazon tomorrow, it would be hailed as like the new miracle plant and we'd be, you know, making a million medicines out of it. But because of its political history and its prohibition, which is really only due to racism and politics and greed, it's been completely demonized and it's been taken away from us. And people need to take it back. That's why our movie's called Weed the People, because it's up to the people. You know, we have to take this back and we have to say, like, we're going to unbrainwash our culture about what this plant really is and use this for wellness and healing. I'm ch I've changed Abby's name to Dr. Abby Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> well said. A special thanks to Ricky Lake and Abby Epstein. Their film is called Weed the People, and it really is a, a heart-wrenching film. I would strongly recommend you, you see it. Um, and check it out at the website, www.weedthepeoplemovie.com. Um, and go on that site. You can see where it's going to be screened. You can see how you can download it, all that wonderful stuff. Um, and as always, if you want to chat with either me or with Ann or Shay or Nick or anybody on the, the Green Rush team, um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter with the handle at KCSA underscore cannabis or drop us an email at greenrush at kcsa.com. And please, I've asked you nicely, do I have to start to threaten? Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcatcher. That's one take, Shay. One take. <laughs>